All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, we are live. It's episode 443 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. Welcome to everyone. Lonnie, St. Louis KISS, 69th Blizzard Ken, Marcus Almighty Mark. We've got the gang back together, and I'm going to start off this show with the same old question because I can actually say, yes, I did buy some KISS shit this week. Um, I don't know if anyone else did other than the Creatures box, but I dropped the coin for the stupid snow globe from the cruise. One of my friends uh, came back. He had two, and I'm like, how much you want for it? Okay, sold, because that is just cornball, the kind of thing that actually tickled me pink, just shaking it up and doing the confetti. I know they've had other snow globes before, but I've never been interested in until I saw that, so um, I am guilty. All right, so today's episode is going to be all about the Creatures of the Night, Super Deluxe or Box Set, the reissue. We're going to go through a few different formats here going to talk um you know primarily about the music but also about some of the chalkies but some of the guys are still waiting on their product which i guess is a recurrent theme Mm -hmm. um going through interwebs that a lot of people are still not received them i bought the super deluxe from amazon it got here on the evening of um release day damaged so i had to send it back and i um got the the, well i got the replacement the following day and i'd already opened it up you know to see the internal damage but went all the way through or whether it was something i was going to be able to live with and i decided now not for that price point even though i got it at 177 um who's got what and who's waiting on what ken let's start with you uh like you i i got the uh super deluxe on the release date um so i did get that uh i am still waiting for um my vinyl both the half speed and the the, the triple vinyl uh, waiting for that stuff to come um it, it seems like it's it was shipped over a week ago uh it was it was shipped over like a week and two days ago and it's still the last thing i saw it left kansas or something uh two days ago so I, I, you know i don't know where the heck it is it's fedex but who knows yeah, I ordered the uh, triple vinyl from Kiss Online, and it shipped. So I'm waiting on that. And then I forgot that I'd ordered it from Kiss Online and ordered it from Universal. And a shipping label was generated on the 18th. And after that, it's dropped off the face of the earth. It was never scanned by any receiving agent. I then bought the regular CD, and it's apparently shipped. And I'm still waiting on my Des Moines CD, so I have no idea if they just held everything to ship in one mm-hmm. packet. But somehow, I don't think their corporate efficiency actually rises to that level in distribution. Mark, what do you got? What are you waiting on? Well, first thing that I got is a headache because of this fucking shit, as usual. Because Kiss never ceases to amaze me with the stupidity of the stuff that they when they do this. Uh, I ordered the three LP blue vinyl of course it's not here much like ken's last time i checked it's been in it's in chicago ask me how many days it's been in chicago okay i'll tell you 
It's four days now it's been there. Four fucking days it's been sitting in Chicago. Like, what are no, they doing? They, four days in Chicago. Did, did, anyway. they, did they go and bust out a, a record oh. player in the, in the mailing room there and start playing and say, hey, this is a good shit, man. Let's just hold on to it for a few days. And then we'll repackage it and send it to them. So I'm getting really ex exceedingly pissed off with this because I said to myself last time, no, don't order from Kiss Online. Okay, I'll give them a chance. Everybody's saying, oh, it's much better now. Yeah, but, you know... Okay. Well, they it, mailed it. To be fair, it left Kiss Online. Yeah. It, okay. Hands, it left right? them, but yeah, but still, I mean, the, the, it's still connected <laughs> to them somehow. I guarantee you, the, the, their their choices of you know mailing is, is incredible. And Ken, did you just say that you're just go, coming through FedEx? You said. Yeah, it's it's FedEx. So uh, so FedEx so. is supposed to be like a guaranteed delivery thing. Okay. So what the hell is going on here with this? Like this is this is complete stupidity. Anyways, I got through, and you know what, Kiss, you can you can shove it with this. I got myself an illegal copy of the deluxe audio because I knew you. that yeah, because I knew this kind of stupid shit would happen, and so I have a copy of it. So you can cram that because now at least I was able to listen to everything and be prepared for it. But I did buy the proper 40th anniversaries deluxe wow. CD. So I got that, and just to show my love of OG, I busted out this week my OG Brazilian copy of Kiss Creatures of Night Sounds Fantastic. And uh, yeah, so I love the album. Why I'm so angry? Because I love this album. I wanted to have my stuff and be able to show off my blue vinyl. And I'm not the only one. Go online and look. There's tons of people who are saying the same shit. So uh, whoever, who's that? Bali Rodder? I'm not the only one who's whining. Go online and take a look for yourself. Yeah, and and if you really want to, uh, you know, participate in some whining, go join one of the wasp groups because those <laughs> engines are pretty loud there. So we have just witnessed an angry Canadian. Ring uh, the bell, Mark's fired up. I I know now now <laughs> now Mark's supposed to apologize as Canadians are wont to do at the drop of a hat. Um, you know, surfer fan, nice comment. We're not working. We're hanging out with friends, but thank you as well for joining us. You know, obviously we weren't going to do this episode on Thursday, which was Thanksgiving in the, the U.S., and that is my favorite holiday of the year. So um, we've just held off to do a live app because, you know what, we've got the technology and it's fun to hang out and see the comments coming through while we're talking about this stuff because it does remind us sometimes of things that I don't have any notes for this. So, Lonnie, what do you got? What are you waiting on? Um, I got a downloaded version of it that I've been listening to for the last um week i guess um i'm waiting on super deluxe i'm probably just gonna we've decided i'm just gonna get that for christmas because you know it's a little it's a little pricey and you know but i can i can so you know i got i got a download version of it so that i'm listening to in the meantime so i can still enjoy the music um i went to walmart this morning actually on my way to the the gym because i had seen people getting um versions of it at walmart for like 15 bucks i'm like oh mm. shit if there's a yeah. if there's a if i can pick it up for 15 bucks at walmart this morning i will but um the one by me had had zero no cds no no vinyl at all so that's walmart for you though so yeah. um i uh so I'm, i've been listening to it a lot for the last week and we'll, we'll get into it but i'm i'm waiting on my super deluxe for another month yeah, another month. Santa's going to bring it. Well, you know, he's going to combine. You know, that's how you save on shipping. But it is what it is. Obviously, there's a lot of comments in the threads about people who are still waiting on it. It's the same online. You know what? It is what it is. When we start saying, you know, that, uh, 
USPS or other handling services don't have employees, you know, all the excuses that we can come up with. It is really just first world problems. We're waiting for tangible shit. Our electricity is still on and we're not getting bombed. So uh, let's look at the positive (laughs) side of life. Um, So let's get into the box. You know, the box itself is absolutely beautiful, but I want to start off focusing on the music. Because that, to me, is where my interest lies and what's the most important thing. And when you're giving a deluxe treatment to an album, you want to have audio that um, really holds it up, that illustrates what that actual released product went through to become what it is and also give you a little bit more insight into the creative process. So let's start off with the remaster CD. And, you know, just go around. What are your impressions of the remaster? Um, Do you think it's worthy? Is it better than previous ones? Or is it not going to topple, you know, your go-to previous listening experience? And it's only fair to go to Canada first with Mark being an audiophile. Um, You know, since you brought out your OG copy, and that's still a very fine listening experience, those vinyl rips that I listen to are still excellent. But what do you think of the remaster that's been done for the 2022 edition? Um, I like it. It it turned out good. Uh, maybe a touch heavy on the low end. Maybe a touch, but not nothing. Nothing to scream home about or to you know file any sort of or or better yet, n- nothing bad enough for me to do another huge Canadian rant. Okay, so it's it sounds good. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I think overall, the the stuff that you get on the CD is very good. I think that I I have no complaints about this at all because you get a good overview of the rarities and the outtakes on here and you do get one two three four five six is it one two three four five yeah seven live tracks as well so uh you don't feel shortchanged i think on this um you know sure obviously if you had the deluxe and like i've heard it like i have and you guys have heard uh there are some things that maybe you would have preferred than what's on here but i'm very happy with it I think that the uh, the original demos are cool that are on here. Uh, some of the selections of the uh, alternate takes are good. Uh, the guitar and drum instrumental things are good. It's it's fascinating for me. I find those things really interesting because uh, it's it shows the construction of the song. And when I release my own records, I offer that too as part of a bonus discs that I offer where I show a construction of a whole song. I'll just do drums, then drums and guitar, then drums and bass and guitar and show the construction of the song as I recorded it. And lots of people seem interested in that as well. So I'm guessing that this will tickle the fancy of a few people, not just myself. And the booklet great great stuff i mean i'm sure with the vinyl you're going to get a bigger copy of it and more easily easily legible but there's you know there's great stuff in here there's great photos there's great commentary about the making of the record and well you know the promotion of the record and this is a great photo i had a poster of this before on my wall yeah and we'll get into those details later let's let's get around on just the remaster itself for now of the 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 traditional nine song album because that is actually being sold as a standalone product and that's one that i'm still working on from from you thumbs up thumbs Thumbs up up. on the yeah lonnie you've been to the gym with this haven't you this music that's what i've been listening to all week (laughs) all right how's how's the remaster measure up against the 97 or previous versions and are you going to chuck any of those in the garbage it's it's a little it's a, it's a little clearer than than the 97 remaster um 
I think I think it sounds good. Um, I don't know if it's that much noticeable difference because I'm I, I'm still really happy with those '97 remasters. They still sound really really good in my opinion. Um, but it, it is a little bit better, I think. I think it is a little bit a little bit clearer and a little bit louder, maybe. Um, but it's it, it's good. It holds up. I, I you know I. You know, I don't know how much better you can get than those ninety sevens. I really like those ninety sevens, obviously, but it, but it, it's good. It, it holds up, um, you know, really good. No complaints. Ken, how about you? You're muted. What? Okay. There you are. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't compare <laughs> the CD to the uh, uh, music uh, to the original um, or the remaster uh but from my from my ears it sounds a little louder uh, but it's definitely like uh long said very clear everything is they didn't you know uh brick wall it or anything like that you know you can still hear the separation uh well for the instruments and so on it's very you know it's, it's a good job i was waiting if for my the vinyl because I, well, I really wanted to compare is the <laughs> half speed uh, vinyl to the uh, my original OG promo copy uh, and, and do a real comparison there. So I'll have to wait until I'll report on that next week, I guess. Yeah. So Jerry, thank you for translating the vernacular for OG. It's old school. It's just a euphemism, um, you know, to relate to the original version. You know the. Remaster is loud. It is bricked. Um, there's no way around that. But, you know, Creatures is an album that can handle it. You know, some albums can't handle it. This one is hot, and I'm actually finding it very appealing. Am I going to make that my go-to listen after an extended period, or am I going to go back to my Japanese P33C series from 1986, which is as close to the original vinyl in transfers as my tastes find? Um, because that's really been the one that I've listened to for many years. And the mastering of that plus the the P33 Killers, just it, it's superlative. But this sounds great. It's bombastic. And it also, by making it hot, it actually keeps it uh, about the same across all the discs. So it gives it a uniformity that, um, you know, really works. Jamie Ingram bring, brings up a good point on it that seems a little heavy on the yeah, bottom I said end. That, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that is the whole you know, kind of issue with creatures is that 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 was often seem to be the case. And that's why they remixed the title track in uh, 85 well, to dial it back a little. Now, just one thing really quickly. I mean, I, I don't think that that's that big a thing. I mean, the, the bottom end, it's not like it's, you know, making needles jump out of the style, you know, out of the record or something like that when they're playing it. But it is it is a bit heavier. The CDs obviously could will take it no problem. I'm sure the vinyl is going to have no issue with the remaster either. But I was just curious, though, if, uh, Julian, if you have an answer for this. Uh, I think I put a comment on the board about this or on the Facebook. The, the, the half-speed remaster... Are they doing the same plates for that as the one that you get with the blue vinyl? Is it is that also a half speed, or is it that yeah. that's that totally different? Different, Com completely different. Um, you've got the nine tracks only on the half speed master. That's a traditional original format, just half speed mastered versus triple vinyl, um, which is you know combined. So, 
No, but what I mean is like the but the original but in the three LP you have the original album plus you have yeah. the other on disc on disc one. I I don't I don't yeah. know actually. I don't, I mean I would I think that think they would so have the triple are not half speed mastered because then they'd be advertising the triple as yeah, also includes half speed mastered. Hmm. So okay. you'd have to you'd have to look at the runout groove on yeah. both of those to be able to compare it. And since so I don't have any buy vinyl yet. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a, a little bit Come difficult on. to do. So that's a question to everyone out there. You know, mm -hmm. is if you've got the half speed master and you've already got your blue triple, you know, it doesn't have the same run out um, etching cool. codes. So, all right. So I guess it's kind of around the table. Everyone's pretty happy with the remaster itself. Let's move on to disc two. And that is demos, rarities and outtakes. And I'm going to have a real difficult time picking between disc two and disc three which one uh wins here because this one starts off with remasters of the four uh kiss killers tracks the penny lane demos from those are actually january and february 1981 pre-elder way pre-elder and then original demos of two of those songs which I didn't know existed. So those were, you know, very happy moments. And then multiple takes of, you know, other stuff that was constructed primarily during the uh, Kiss Killer se uh, session. So early March and April 1982. And if I flub any of my dates, I'm only talking about 82 for the most part. So, Ken, let's start with you on disc two. I mean, what were some of the standouts and what were some of the, the, material included that let you down or you didn't feel really worked um well I th a lot of I mean, most of it was was fantastic I, nothing really totally let me down um there's highs and you know just a few lows maybe but uh things like you know obviously uh deadly weapons obviously great great song uh great demo um and then you know even like the penny lane uh, stuff yeah uh, feels like heaven i enjoyed the heck out of that um even though it's not it's more you know disco you know disco ish or, or whatever you want to call it um it's is very very cool song uh and then of course the the killer demos or the killer songs sound great on there um the great mastering um Let's see, uh, that wouldn't really happen. What else did I write down here? Uh, um, something seems to happen at night is okay. Uh, it's kind of different. Uh, we, we've heard it before. Yeah, it was on the vault. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's interesting. It always, every time I hear that, I, I, I think of a, uh, a soundtrack. It's like a soundtrack song for something like Flashdance or something like that. You know, one of those movies. Um, it's going to be all right. Uh, that, that's okay too you know that's pretty good um so i mean everything's really cool on it uh, sounds great the tell tell to a full i mean and chrome goes into motion it's unfortunate that you know there's really no uh singing you know mute that sort of thing um i would have rather had a you know more panned out or full demo that had uh that was closer to maybe getting two or on an album that is um that would have been great um don't leave me lonely there so yeah and then instrumentals that's all that's all fine it's it's kind of interesting to hear because you hear things that you don't normally hear when you have uh, vocals and other stuff going on so but for the most part everything's great uh really <laughs> no real misses 
Yeah, I think for me, I'll just blow through my opinion quickly because I did write a very long article that's available on the oh, FAQ yeah. for anyone who wants to go through 35 pages of me pontificating. <laughs> um, but I love the mastering of the killer's tracks that start off. They they flow perfectly with creatures now. The demos, we've finally got the pristine copies of the Penny Lane demos that we wanted. You know, it, it doesn't torpedo the possibility, I guess, for a, an elder box because... They can just go on there again to tell that part of the story, but that they were revisited was unknown. That I didn't know, and we see the real box was copied at the beginning of the uh, killer section uh, sessions. And that, again, is one of the key things. You have to go through the Gotham Rock City News and the book to get a lot of these details and the scans of the track sheets. You know, So don't leave me lonely. People are like, well, that, that's all there is. Why, why didn't they release all of it? You look at the track sheets. That's all he recorded at the time. That, that is all that's on there. You look at Chrome goes into motion. That's it. Um, Tell it to a fool, which is another pre-elder track. That's from Toronto, May 1981, where they originally cut it as Sentimental Fool. Again, you get more of the story there. There's a scratch vocal on there that wasn't included. So maybe it was really scatty and didn't sound good. Um, you know, there you do get scat vocals throughout this, as you hear during the Deadly Weapons demo, which really show it being fleshed out at Ace in the Hole. That's where those songs were really born. But this disc just leaves me asking one question. Who the hell was Gene Simmons in 1982? Because none of that shit is demon-like. It's yeah. great music. I love how broad his interest and musicality are and some of the people that he's working with. But he is so far away from what he started off from that he's lost in the ether, uh, completely lost. He has no sense of character anymore when he's doing stuff like Something Seems to Happen Tonight. It's a good song. It's going to be all right. A great song. Love that back. I wish there was a better you know, Fidelity demo, but that's all they've got. Um but it really begs the question, who is Gene Simmons at the time? And that's why I think it's pretty clear that it's all Paul on Kiss Killers. Lonnie. I think that's an excellent point. I mean, look, the stuff Gene's turning out is way different than what we had come to know and what we would expect, you know, versus what ended up. This stuff is like, and versus what ended up on, on Creatures. Um, really, really unusual. Um I, th I think those four cre those four um, killer tracks to start off the disc um, are the best versions of them I've ever heard. They are really clear um, and really really flow with the vein of, of, of creatures. They're really really great sounding. Um, we're talking about what will be your your go to version moving forward. I think those this version of those songs will be my go to version of those songs moving forward. They're they're really really excellent. Um, the Penny Lane stuff might be my favorite stuff on the disc, though. Deadly Weapon, it sounds um, sounds really, really great on this. Mm -hmm. um, and as does Feel Like Heaven, as, as, as different as it sounds, I was listening to uh, to Disc 2 in the kitchen the other day. My wife comes down, and she's like, I feel like I was listening to Feel Like Heaven. She's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> like, you know, like, again, the Julian's point, Gene sounds so different um, that, you know, like I said this is, you know, creatures deluxe and she's like really i'm like yeah that's weird you know she doesn't have much of an opinion of kiss but she really you know really was taken back to that was kiss so um some of the more unforgettable stuff you know i guess really is the the, the nowhere the run or i mean not the nowhere the run the the tell it to a fool and chrome goes in the motion like it, it it's fine but you know i don't think i'm 
I don't know how much I don't know how much after I really completely digest the the box that I'll go back and and listen to like, seek <laughs> seek out those tracks. You know that. what you I mean? You'll be spitting that every weekend, no? Right. It, it's not. It's not a. It, those aren't. Those aren't. Um, I'm gonna go seek out those. You know that that's a. You listen to that when you listen to the disc. It's not a. Yeah. And it's fine, but they're they're a little more forgettable, obviously. Um, but it, it's a it's a great disc. It's um, it really. It, it's really interesting that you you look at just this disc by itself, and how you know the stuff transforms into what we get on creatures. Where you know none of these none of these songs are are on creatures, and it, you know it's it's interesting to see um, from where we started to to what we end up with. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that disc two is the transitionary Kiss Killers related disc. Yeah, um, Mark, your take on all of that and any standouts and uh, stuff that it lets you down. Well, I mean, two things stand out, or one thing stands out, and one thing kind of came to me when I was listening to this. Uh, first of all, Eric Carr on this, fantastic. His drumming on this, like even the the instrumental stuff. I mean, this this just shows how integral he was to the sound of this album. His drumming on this, even just the the demos and the 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 the, the bass and drum instrumentals and stuff like that. I mean, you can still hear the power in it. I mean, there's that one song. I'm I'm not sure if it's. I think is it is it going to be all right? That's just acoustic guitar and drums, I think, or something like that. Uh, no, it's, it's, don't leave me lonely. It's just okay. That, yeah, and drums. I, I mean, even that it's, it has such a like ridiculous sounding acoustic guitar, but it has this huge, powerful drum <laughs> performance with you know it's like ding 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 ding, this huge drum with it. it's like it almost sounded like laughable at first when I first heard. I was like, what the hell is this? But then. I thought back to my own times of writing songs like, yeah, well, he just probably put that down as a guide, you know, and then did the drums to it. But that, that just hit me like right between the eyes that Eric Carr is the man on this album. Like, honestly, I, I you keep saying Paul Stanley is, you know, it's Paul Stanley's album. No, I disagree. I, this is Eric Carr's album. Without him and his performance on this, I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good. Uh, number two... The remaster of the killer stuff, great, fantastic. I love it. Why? And of course, it's a good idea, so they wouldn't do it, of course. Why they didn't take those four remasters, press them onto a 10-inch, and put it as like a extra in a box, just a 10-inch LP of the killer stuff? I don't know why they didn't do it. It's like, what a great idea that would have been to have that on a 10-inch remastered, nicely done, maybe with a couple of new pictures in. On the on the back and front, uh, I, I think that th that would have been a, an amazing thing to do. I mean, look at the Beatles did something similar like that when they did the latest box. I think. Yeah, so uh, single and revolver. Yeah, you know why oh. not do something like that? Make a ten inch of just the killers so stuff. People would have snapped that up in a heartbeat. I guarantee you. Uh, the Penny Lane demo is great. I love it. Uh, actually, the funny thing is, I was extremely impressed with the Feel Like Heaven original demo. Why? Because even though it sounds very disco-y, that version, I'm impressed that Gene was able to translate and give the listener a perfect rendition of the song, just drums and a bass guitar. Like the, If you think about it, he's just singing to a drum machine beat for most of it until his bass comes in. And the only other thing besides that bass is his, these huge, lush backing vocals that he does with it. You know, that there's not a, not a lot on there recorded, and he and he made me actually go through that song and somewhat enjoy it. You know, there's no huge guitars, no uh, production. It was just bass, drums, yeah. 
and vocals. I mean, unbelievable. I got to tip my hat to Gene for that. Uh, you know, and some of the other ones, you know, it makes more sense now because I don't, I didn't have the, I don't have the box set. So I didn't know about this, you know, this Gotham newspaper thing where it was talking about how they only had these uh, things recorded for each song. So that makes a lot more sense in retrospect when you think about that they only recorded these things for the instrumentals, right? Uh, but they were interesting. Uh, it always makes you wonder what what they could have did or how it would have ended, you know, if they would have continued on to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very happy with disc two overall. I think there's some real standout things on there. And also that uh, something seems to happen at night. I, I agree. It, it reminds me of a, you know, that a scene in like Miami Vice, like the late night scene, he's driving through the right. streets, you know, the pondering his lost love or something. <clears throat> it, it, but it's, you know, Gene has always been known, I think, as somebody who never stuck with One Direction musically. He tried everything. He's that, you know, throw it on the wall and see if it sticks guy, right? So he was definitely throwing a lot of stuff on the wall and probably a lot of it didn't stick, obviously. But it's interesting to see, you know, what kind of songs he could write and, you know, what worked and what didn't work. So, but I, I, I think that this too is a very good disc in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we'll ask the question disc two or disc three after we've talked about disc three, but I think Gene's bravery is clear and feel like heaven. Those that there was actually a drum drum drops was a release in the late seventies, which was just drum loops that you could then create demos from. And that yeah. was what he was using for a lot of his material. So that's what it's based around. I think I I did which one it actually was. Um, but also something seems to happen at night is just because he liked that song. And so he recorded a vocal for it. So, you know, he, he was brave, but none of that stuff works within a KISS context, even no. an elder elderfied ones. Uh, let's move uh actually I want to just go back to one other point. The um don't leave me lonely. The acoustic guitar. That's exactly how they tracked. Mm -hmm. They tracked with a, a god awful acoustic first or a, a low brow electric, just threw down a guitar <laughs> track, then did the drums. Drums mm -hmm. are the foundation to everything on Creatures. And from that time with Michael James Jackson, everything about it, you listen to the difference between Nowhere to Run, Cut at Penny Lane versus Cut with Michael James, different drumming completely different and you get to dig into some of that when you on the instrumentals for nowhere to run and uh, i'm a legend tonight to really hear the nuance without the vocals on top which is very cool deconstruction all right disc three lonnie let's go to you on that uh, again high points low points if any um disc three you know is, is is excellent too now now we're getting into you know just two was with stuff that didn't were no songs that ended up on the album now we're looking at for the most part um songs that ended up on the albums and and, and different versions and, and takes of them um for the, for the most part anyway really really good um legends never die we've heard that on the vaults um and it, and it it's good it's it stands up it, it, it's a it's a great song um i think the the it's my life is it kind of puts the bed like this is the best versions of the song <laughs> that are available um kiss fan uh, kiss fans love love that song i love that song um and then we got the version that ended up on the vault we got this version you know um i think we can finally put to bed what what versions of the song are out there um and what, what are the best versions of the song julian says no so pardon the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> apparently Julian's sitting on something. Um, you know, I, m- multiple versions of Satan Center Rock and Roll Hell. I there, there's a lot of versions of Rock and Roll Hell in this box. I feel like I've listened to Rock and Roll Hell about sixty times in the last <laughs> the last week. Man, I've, there's, I've listened to a lot of that song. Um, if there's one, if talking about complaints, if, there, if there's one complaint, like how, how many different versions of Rock and Roll Hell do I? Do I really need to hear? But you know, mm. we're Kiss fans, and we're we're completists. We want we want everything that that's possibly available. Um, it's really really good. I, but I I enjoy it though at the same time, and as well as the different versions of of Saint and Sinner and and the the betrayed um, single that we got leading out to to the to the to the box set. Um, the eighty five creatures remix. It it makes sense that that why it's on there. You know, let's again, let's just give you everything that's there obviously it's not my favorite versions of creatures of the night it just it just sounds like a neutered version of, of creatures yeah. so um but it's a really really good disc i i enjoy i enjoy the hell out of it to be honest with you yeah i rolled my eyes at you about it's my life <laughs> i present a theory in that long article that i wrote oh. that yes i and and they do address it in the gotham rock city news uh, you know back on the streets that they went through the vault and that it's not there so what does that mean? You know, how much, how many of these things are myths that we fans have built up? But again, when it comes to stuff like Legends Never Die and It's My Life, my theory, completely unprovable, is that Gene took the master tapes with him when he went to work on Wendy O. Williams' album and that those master original master multitracks reside in that label's vault and its successor because Gem is no, and Passport are no longer entities. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Warner. Um, that owns that intellectual property and likely inherited those vaults. If at all, they may have been chucked out, but it would make sense if those Wendy Williams recordings were built on top of Kiss songs for those multi-tracks to have been utilized for that purpose and no longer be under the control of Universal. So that that's simply my theory. Um, Ken, let's go to you on your thoughts about disc three. Yeah, disc three is, is a you know real good disc. Um, a couple of things. Legends never die. Yes, I, I always enjoy that. You know, we uh, know it from the Wendy Williams version too. Um, but that's obviously a real good song uh, that could have made it to the album. I'm thinking, uh, it's my life. Yeah, well, you may be right, Julian. That that maybe it was on the Win- you know Wendy's uh, over at the other label or whatever. That sounds uh, plausible. Yeah, but. Uh, I also think this this too is is Gene brought it in to Paul and and Paul just nixed it. He never really to me he never really liked the song for whatever reason. So I, I kind of blame Paul for that. <laughs> never making that team Gene through and through. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But great things you know like not for the innocent you know obviously with the trade off vocals and everything uh, just. You know, that's just fantastic. I don't know which one I like better. I like the Lick It Up one, a real, you know, it's more darker kind of song on, on uh, Lick It Up uh, versus, you know, this demo with them training. But I, I like both. They're both fantastic. Um, Saint and Sinners, yeah, there's a, a few takes there. Those are all all great. Um, Betrayed uh, is fantastic, which we've heard, the, you know, the preview of that out there already for people um the the full war machine 
fantastic extended war machine. Um, and, you know, I don't know which one I like better of those. I mean, they're both really good, but it has a little extended uh, guitar and, and other stuff going on at the end. It, it kind of extends that ending. So really good. That was kind of cool to hear. Um, Rock and Roll Hell, that's always good. I always love that song. I know Lonnie said there's so many freaking versions of that one. But one of the things is uh, uh, that, was it, Gene said um he he doesn't know why uh, i think legends never die he said that on that newspaper you know why that didn't make the album because he thought it should have been on the album i guess he liked it you know that much um the other thing is on the newspaper paul talks about a great demo of creatures of the night 16 track uh, 16 track version why he talks about it but we don't get it then he says it's a great there's a great creatures 16 track demo and i'm like oh well where is it it's not even on here so i would have loved to hear it if it was if, if it's great you know let's let's hear that he's mentioning it so i'm i don't know where the hell that got left um they could have maybe swapped the song that brought that in instead of the creatures remix you know or something or a version of rock and roll hell oh yeah (laughs) one of those versions because we got a lot of versions of that and i still love you going on is so the least the lesser songs that i like on on disc three are like i still love you it's it's good um but uh i i didn't really need the creatures alternate mix um uh Partners in Crown Alternate Mix was all good. Uh, I love it loud. Alternate Mix, I, I can hear too much difference. You know, it's different, but it's it's, it's okay. Um, nothing really stood out to me on that. Um, and then they have the, you know, the, the single edit of that, which is, you know, of course, interesting. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, it's all mostly, you know, just great stuff to listen to and, and uh pick out little things here and there that we've never heard before yeah so this disc for me is where you really get into the construction of the album you know legends and it's my life they are what they are uh but saint and sinner and rock and roll hell where you hear it evolving and hey gino we don't talk like that yeah. here you know <laughs> so just just the banter and studio dialogue it takes you into the studio and puts you on the wall you know while they're recording this obviously betrayed was a single but it's just and not for the innocent has been mastered beautifully even though that circulated for many years um but it's absolutely spectacular and now we know the details on what is it alternate mix um for uh what is it partners in crime yeah 16b that's the version that was released a live three era. So it's clearly got a different drum track and I think a different bass track and obviously different mix and, uh, and all of that side of things. So we, we finally understand its context that it was obviously in the running on creatures for quite a long time in the timeline because of the dates on the rail box in the accompanying paper um, in, in the box. So the only thing that I think is a throwaway is the single edit, but I get why you have to include it there because it is mastered slightly different and it doesn't have the fade back in. Um, and the Creatures remix from 85 has to be there, but it really does a great job of telling the story here. Um, Mark, did I go to you or no, is it your turn? 
No, you didn't go to me. We can, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Anton mentions it a good part. <clears throat> oh, shit, keep going. We can punch it out. I don't think that's the right phrase, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just three interesting, uh, you know, It's My Life, great, great song. Uh, for me, though, I found it was, was a little sizzly. I found it, it was when I put like listened to it on headphones. It was like, ooh, I found it a little top endy. Probably because they probably made so many copies of that song and it was used so many times. I mean, probably a little bit of a tape degeneration going on there, but it's still overall, it sounds it sounds great. I just found that compared to some of them, it had a little bit more sizzle to it than some of the other ones, but nothing terrible. Not for the innocent. I've always loved that version because of the split vocal. I always thought that. That should have been the way they did the song, even if it was on Lick It Up. You know what I mean? I think they they should have kept it that way. I thought it was a much better presentation of the song. Uh, I'm a big fan of these sort of you know studio run throughs, take one, take two, false starts and stuff like that because it, you like hearing the banter. It feels like you're right in there with them, and especially if you're listening to it on headphones, you really get the vibe of it when that happens. Uh, Betrayed, you know, we got to hear that before when it came out early and. Great, great song. That's another one of those songs where you kind of wonder hmm, what one was, what would that have replaced if they did use it, you know, on the album. Uh, I, I like these alternate mixes because there are always these little minor things you can kind of hear. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, within it, like some sometimes a guitar maybe up a hair louder, maybe the vocals down a bit, maybe the drums are a bit louder. There's always just something in it where people sit there and say, I don't know. And, and I mean, when you look at the numbers, you know, 16B, you know, Creatures of the Night, alternate mix 19. So before all these ones, there are so many other mixes of these songs. And, you know, going through my own catalog of stuff, I have like, you know, some of my songs, you know, 22 different mixes of it. So it is possible that there are many different versions of the song. And sometimes it's just as subtle as the backing vocals might be low, lower or the guitar solo might be louder. It's just something is there that made them redo it. Now, the one thing that I was always curious about listening to Lonnie's favorite song on here, Rock and Roll Hell, is uh, <clears throat> when did that introduction come into play? Because all of these songs have start with that. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun. Where was that? Dun, 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 dun. When did that come into play? I was wondering when that got put in. Was that like a last minute? you know, 11th hour cut and paste to the top of the song after they had already done it. Or I'm, I was always wondering where did that come in? Because when we're listening to this, that, that doesn't get played, you know? So <clears throat> interesting there for that. I'd, I'd like to know and, where. Well, look, look at the dates on these. I mean, it's already last minute anyway. In, in September the 10th and 15th are the two different dates for those three song, uh, three takes. <clears throat> So that's way towards the end. I mean, that's even after Not For The Innocent had been cut. Um, yeah. So that, that's a very good point, Mark, one I haven't considered. Yeah, because it just makes you wonder, like, when they when did they go in and do that, you know? Uh, and was it? And here's the other thing. Was that a part of another song that didn't get used? And they just said, hey, that would be a good top part for this song. Let's just cut it in, fly it in, and put it in. Who knows? There's, there could be many things that were done to make that introduction of the song. The I Love It Loud single edit. I, I like single edits too, because there's always something in there that's different. Of course, there's no fade back in. That's the main thing on it. And the Creatures of the Night remix, like you guys said, it, it has to be there, if nothing, just for historical purposes, because that was something that KISS fans kind of 
talked about later in the years about how, oh, I missed the sort of bombastic, heavily reverbed version compared to this one, right? So, and now we have both versions. You can always compare them. Yeah, and I have seen comments on the FAQ and other message boards. Um, you know, it's like, why aren't the other 85 remixes? Because that's the only 85 yeah. song that was actually remixed. The rest of the 1985 album was affected by remastering and slight re-EQ for mm. the production preparation. So that's why there's a slight sonic difference to all of the album in 85 for 85 versus 82, but only one song was explicitly remixed, and that was to roll off some of the bottom end, as Eric um, put it. And when you listen to it next to um, Look It Up, you can see why they're making it a little bit more uniform to my ears. And again, mm. it's very subjective. They're try trying to make the two a little bit more alike um all right the live that's disc fours and five so obviously some of these soundboards leaked prior um so what kiss fans get from all of that stuff is a representation of the 10th anniversary tour and i think this is a home run i actually like this and how they've approached combining what are a bunch of partial shows each which have faults in various places each of which have pluses and minuses for some of the rarer songs and that is of course uh, rock and roll hell and keep me coming um and how they manipulate it and the, the mastering and fade work of making unified show is absolutely spectacular i'm going to go to mark last because as a technical person he's more likely to have picked up and they uh anything that shouldn't be there so ken live show does this take you back to those three shows yeah. that you went to in 1983 <laughs> um you know and and take you to that happy place to present the tour or all its glory and does it sonically live up in your mind to what you remember at the time yeah well yeah it it kind of take me back you know listen to it live um sonically i probably was a lot louder because i was right there up front but uh yeah they did a good job of of piecing those together where it's still it's flowed really well um like a, a regular show um or you know, shows um so that that was really good though you know yeah we like to be the completest and have the full shows um which were you know, obviously leaked um <laughs> before the box came out but uh i think they did a real good job and and i i enjoyed it and I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of remember, my, you know, when they're doing certain parts of the those songs. And I was like, oh, I kind of remember, you know, what was going on. I kind of started to visualize the, the time and where I was at and uh, at those shows and, and what was going on um, with the stage, you know, the stage, the whole the whole atmosphere and everything. So it was really good. I, I think they did a great job on it. Um, it, it was kind of seamless you know, how they put it together. So, uh, you know, good, good job there. Yeah. I'll come back to you for part two of this disc, which is of course the bonus live performances and sound effects, but le let's leave those alone, um, to be separate conversation pieces. Lonnie. Um, I think it's, it's excellent. We were, when the, when the box was announced and, you know, we got the track listing and we were, you know, talking about, well, you know, wonder, you know, wondering why they did it this way. And, and we all kind of agreed on that, that, that you know, those, those, there was no perfect show from those, from those shows that, that leaked. And by doing this and combining it, it kind of gives us the best of everything, but you're, you're able to give us a show with 
you're able to give us, you know, what what turns into like almost what, what could have been like an alive type three um, type of disc with versions of of Keep Me Coming and and um, and Rock and Roll Hell and and just hearing this lineup um, straight through straight through a concert giving you the the best of these performances which which is you know what what a live is what is what a live two and a live three are so i i think it i think it was the perfect way to do it to be honest with you um you know and and, and this lineup just sounds great and we we all talk about this lineup and, and you know ken was fortunate enough to see you know three creatures shows from this tour so i think this is just a great representation of what the what those people who were lucky enough to saw these shows got um i i think it's i think they did a they did a great job and doing it this way was was the was the right move 100 percent. yeah i actually wouldn't be against this being released as a standalone product you know perhaps flipping out some of the songs that were used as you know bonuses to construct you know a, a faux show again um but if you think about the price of the box digitally or physically it's still cheaper than going to watch vinnie wank on a tank um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all right mark give us your technical and uh, subjective opinion on the live um yeah i mean i i enjoyed it i one of the things that people i don't think people forget but one maybe don't realize is that Kiss is a very visual band, obviously, and they, you know, run around on stage and they do a lot of antics to keep you entertained while they play. Um, what Mark's saying something Kiss controversial, so he's being more... censored at the moment. Wow. Sorry, your Wi-Fi just uh, uh, Am I back? Yes, you're back. Okay. Okay, so basically, what what I was trying to say is that when you're recording, uh, it, it's very much like being under a microscope. Okay, and every little miscue or little flub that you do while playing guitar or drums or anything gets amplified or magnified a hundred times. That's why when you listen to songs like Creatures of the Night at the beginning when they kick in, you know, kiss, do, 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 da, 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 da. Paul's guitar chords are way out of tune. He's bending those strings so like much because he's probably jumping around and doing his hand thing. So none of that was in tune, okay, when he was playing that. So the reason why you record multiple shows is because you find the best version of that song and use that, okay? Now, why do you think they did all these overdubs and stuff for a live one and live two? Because this stuff is all over the place, all kinds of flubs and miscues and wrong chords and stuff like that. So you construct a good show out of this, right? Out of many different shows. And I think it turned out well. I think it sounds really good. I think the performances have a lot of energy. I think it's very honest, this show. I mean, Ken, who's been to these shows, could probably tell you that. As far as energy goes, they probably did a good good job capturing the energy of a Kiss show from that time period. Now, a lot of people were saying how they were surprised about how terrible Vinny was live. And yeah, there's moments where he's a little skunky on notes and didn't play some of the solos probably too well. But again, you got to think of the environment that he's in. He's in a live concert performance, energy from the crowd coming on to him. You know, he 
he doesn't probably think about, okay, I got to make sure I play this sweep picking part exactly perfectly here. Otherwise, you know, somebody in the seventh row is going to say something. No, I mean, he's just going to go and try to entertain people. And I think that from that way, he did a good job. That's why I always, always was hoping that these guys would include video in their boxes because you get a better idea of it when you watch it, not just hear it. Because if you just hear a kiss show, man, you hear a lot of, problems with it performance wise you know and i'm not mocking them a lot of other bands had problems like that too all right but i think that the songs were great uh some of the songs on here we didn't get to hear uh in any other tour like keep me coming they did like what once or twice maybe so you have it on here uh and i i think overall it's a good performance like guys but like i said you have to go in it thinking though that if you were expecting a perfect performance, I think there's a they're not going to get it here. There's a great story I think from way back where Kiss tried to do what they considered a really well performed show, and Bill Acoin apparently reamed them out after the show, saying, "What the hell was that?" Because they weren't moving around as much, they were very stationary. But they said, "Well, we played so good," but Bill didn't like it because it wasn't entertaining visually. So you got to keep that in mind when you listen to a show like this. Yeah, Kiss has always been about feel and running around and moving and Paul's dancing, doing his star child thing and Gene's doing his demon thing and Eric's playing like a madman and Vinny is wearing Ace's boots for two of these shows. So, you know, he, he's still, he's new to performing live in boots, even though he's been walking around in them. That's a completely different scenario. He doesn't even have, I think, his, his guitars. He didn't have all his gear yet. Um you know, this is Sioux City. This is show number two on the tour in Rockford, number three, because nothing is known to circulate or exist from uh, Bismarck. Um, you know, so it really is early in the tour, and the sound man is clearly doing the best he can, you know, learning in a different era, you know, arena than to what they rehearsed in. So it's yeah. all very organic, all very natural. And people who criticize this, this is a soundboard. This is what a good soundboard to me sounds like. This is a damn sight better than the Destroyer bootleg uh, audience yeah. recording, even yeah. a high quality one. Yeah. Um, this is exactly what I want on these sorts of releases and what they've done with it. They've it's beautifully equalized, you know. So what limit what limited work you can do with a two track cassette recording is not much. You can sweeten it ever so slightly. Yeah. And if Anton's still watching, he'll correct me because he's very good at this stuff. Uh, but where that really shows through, the quality of the work is actually on the bonus live because you get King of the Nighttime World, which was previously unknown to have ever been performed by the Vinny lineup. And how they sweetened that, which is pretty dog bad on the original circulating recording, to make it match nicely with the rest of the stuff is fantastic so this really is an extremely good execution to showcase the first full proper live audio recording of eric carr i mean yeah we've got animalized live uncensored but you know you, mm. you can't measure these against each other because they're completely different no. beasts um you know i like those bonus tracks how they've included them yeah you might say they're space filler but you get a second performance of you know rock and roll hell you get i want you from rockford so they really do go all out to present as much of that material as possible and i think there's still possibilities when those um soundboards leaked i made my own faux 
live show just like this. So maybe that's why I'm really gung-ho about it, because I did similar before this came out and did it slightly differently. But I love how this sounds. Absolutely spectacular. Um, Lonnie, back to you for the bonus live performances. You think those are worthy of inclusion or whether they're just filler? No, I think they're great. The, I, the Cuban Nighttime World is, is excellent to have on there. Um, I, I, I think they're great. I think it's, it's just a good... Um, just more of a representation of, of that lineup. And I think it's great that they, that they threw these extra ones at us with, with, I want you and, and strutter and, you know, things that, you know, and I know there's other versions. We had another version of rock and roll hell, which I think is great. And, um, and I, and I, <laughs> it's fine. Just kidding. And I still love you, but, um, but I, I think they're great. They're definitely worthy of, of inclusion. I think, I just think it, it just gives us more of a, a sample of, of this band live on that tour. I think it's great. Yeah, and it, and it is flawed. But uh, Mark, um, the bonus tracks, your thoughts on those? Worthy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, look, we're, we're Kiss fans. We we can never get enough of this stuff. I mean, I know we've been joking about rock and roll hell. No, I don't know. Episode. I don't know. Lonnie's probably had too much rock and roll hell for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it, this is a this is a live performance. I think studio wise, it can get a little monotonous after all. But live, it's it's a little bit of a different beast. And you know, having King of the Nighttime World, that was great. You know, the song that doesn't really appear very often during this time period. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, and Strutter. Too, and I still love you. I mean, I still love you is probably one of Paul's crowning achievements, and especially on this tour, he gets to show off vocally on this this song. So yeah, I, I think it's good. I don't think it's a waste of space. I mean, I mean, what else would you have put on there, really? I mean, so I think it's a good idea that they put these extra songs on there. So I don't know another yeah. eight cuts of Rock and Roll Hollywood suit. Yeah, maybe <laughs> can. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good job. I think I don't know what else is out there. I mean, um, I'm sure there is some other soundboards. Uh, if it was later in the tour, you know, uh, I mean, I was at the end of the tour. So I think Vinny was, you know, all good by that time, you know, probably, you know, uh, accustomed to, to being in the boots and accustomed mm -hmm. to what he's going to, you know, what he needs to play during during the concert and that sort of stuff. So, um I mean, the closest I got to that was, you know, I have the a bootleg of the, I think it's the Universal Amphitheater. Yeah, that one. Well, I had the gold standard. Yeah, yeah, I had that one. Um, but yeah, if there was a soundboard of that, that would have been fantastic. But as it is, it it's it works, it works just fine. <clears throat> what about the bonus tour sound effects, Ken? Mm. Because I've already <laughs> deleted those from mine. I don't ever want to hear those again. I thought we might once, use, once it a, use one of those as a, like a tank for the uh, intro to this you know, podcast. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, a copyright violation <laughs> yeah. ding every single time. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. it's interesting that they have the uh you know the turbines you, you kind of hear what's going on you know they use the jet turbines mm -hmm. and then then the tank you know comes in and you hear the the um, tracks the tank tracks the squeakiness <laughs> and that sort of stuff it's, it's cool i mean I, during the the show it was cool you know when the first time watching it and and hearing those it was like oh you know you see the tank is like oh wow they actually you know put the effort in and actually put take Tank sounds in there, you know, it's, which is cool. And then the other parts where uh, Gene's uh, the the wind and stuff for his bass solo and, and the bell that he they continued to use, you know, 
uh, going forward. Um, a lot of that stuff, um, uh, bells that when he was going to do this, uh, what blood spitting and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all kind of cool, uh, different. And you even get the firehouse siren. <laughs> so, you mm. know, uh, you could, uh, use that for something else if you have a, a need for it you know scare your neighbor or something turn up the <laughs> turn up the volume yeah it's like what's going on outside where's the where's the fire t- engines but anyway yeah it's it's all cool to hear that stuff i mean it's a little extra added thing i'm surprised they actually had it really yeah and uh, and again it's really cool to hear what was in the show because a lot of that was buried in the audience bootlegs that have circulated even some of the other ones you don't really get to hear, hear the full thing. Uh, you know, to hear that stuff. And now we get to hear what it was that I don't yeah. need to hear it again is just, you know, uh, beside the point. I'm glad that it's included. Lonnie. Yeah, I think it's cool that they that they still had that stuff and and that they included it on there. I mean, it's really just emptying what you have. You know, here is everything that we could possibly give you for creatures. I think it's I think it's cool they that they included it. Again, is it something you're like Julian said he already deleted a but is it something I'm really gonna go seek after to listen to? No, but I think it's cool that it's there. And I think it's really cool that that they've had that they still have this stuff. So you know, I, I think it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's unusual. But you know, Kiss fans got added value with this box set that they now have uh, how many ringtones to choose from to piss off their wives or significant <laughs> others. Uh, Mark, it is. Th- if you're talking about waste of space, now you found it. Here you go. This stuff is complete waste. But I'll tell you one thing. You know who is jumping up and down and and absolutely high-fiving each other because of this? All those tribute bands out there. Yeah! Finally, we got a good source for a siren. We finally got Gene's wind and gargoyle sound effects. And we got the turbines. We can use it all now for our show. I guarantee you, you're going to hear all these cover bands are going to be integrating these sounds into their show i bet you okay because you know they they have official sounds from kiss now so what better thing to use for their version of firehouse than the actual sirens you know or they can make their own introductions using the turbines and the tank sounds and all this stuff you know i i understand lonnie's point where they said you know listen people are complaining that we don't give enough stuff on these boxes let's just give them everything they literally took the bucket and dumped everything out and said here you want everything here's everything you know and where's so, that demo for creatures that they talk about at the liner <laughs> notes <laughs> yeah i mean exactly. but i mean i think i think it's a good i think it's a good idea that they did that and in in that sense there's no there's limited complaining i think but I, i'm telling you though cover bands are are on it they're going to be using i guarantee you they're going to be using these sounds yeah and then mr simmons and co will come knocking hello you need to have a licensing fee for that which you you would actually because they are now published by universal music but But if they alter it slightly they can say that's not the same version yeah yeah all right so (laughs) the last disc uh not all of you will have been you know, even heard or be able to hear, I threw the Atmos um, disc mm-hmm. six into my Blu-ray and had to listen to it as stereo mixed downs uh, because I ported the audio out into a Zoom recorder um, at 96K and then it basically flattened them. So I don't have any surround speakers to get the full benefit. But my, you know, 
I, this is where I do have an issue. There's a distinct difference in volume between the three versions on that disc that jump from the very quiet to the very loud to the very quiet is I, I think the pattern that the three follow. Um, I don't get a lot of benefit out of it. So I don't know what it would be like with a proper speaker system. Um, but it doesn't seem from the, the flattened files that there's a whole lot of Stephen Wilsoning going on in these because they're not by Stephen Wilson. They're by another fella. Um, but also, I don't think the material itself has that much flexibility to be able to do anything tremendously yeah. creative. It seems the bias on the surround um, effect seems to be on the drums and bass, a lot more the bass, which is noticeable in the flattened mixes that I've been listening to. It's still good. It's different. You get to listen to a lot more of the bass work, which I actually find interesting because when you're listening to the drums and bass uh, on a recording, that's really the foundation that, well, that's the backbeat for a song pretty much what I feel they miss with is I've had the pleasure of being in a studio, listening to multi-tracks of Eric Carr's drums. And that can be an immersive experience. I mean, it's absolutely amazing when you've got all the speakers in a studio and Eric Carr dialed up to 11. I mean, it's a fucking Disney ride. I wish that they had been able to do something with those sound formats that really presented the majesty of his drumming more effectively and creatively than it does. But uh, it's still great to have them. Hopefully I'll find someone who does have the proper gear and proper setup to go and listen to those. And it's also a really nice touch that they included the I Love It Loud music video um, in 5.1 and uh, the other sound format as well. Anyone else had any luck listening to disc six well yeah <laughs> six or the atmos the atmos disc I, I, I mean i don't have the setup for it um so i just kind of though i did play it you know the regular you know, it's one of those stereo versions or whatever um which you know it sounded fine i was like okay yeah it's it's nothing extra uh, for me on that so i just kind of you know put it, I, I think i watched the video on that disc I love it loud once, uh, the actual video that they put on there, uh, which we've seen before. But uh, and then I pretty much put that disc away. Yeah, I mean, it was the same with Destroyer, but those I had to listen in the same way that I flattened them down in the same method that I, I did before. Um, and it, that's a vastly different experience. But then again, there's a vastly different approach um, and a, a vastly different um, source. For them to be working with two so completely it's apples and oranges really you can't expect every atmos mix to sound as majestic or as uh bombastic or whatever as destroyer because that's really kind of something else as much yeah, as it mark is. doesn't appreciate yeah yeah <laughs> something else indeed let's talk about some of the uh packaging and, and chalk keys hey, hey, hey before we before you go there i just want to address one thing um Jamie put here said they needed LPs in these boxes instead of on CDs. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Number one, you know how much that box that you think 300 and some odd dollars is expensive for a box set? You know how much it would have cost if this was all put on vinyl? You're looking at seven, eight hundred bucks. I mean, when when you have multiple LPs for like one thing, like one CD would probably be like two vinyl. So you spread that out into how many vinyl. It would be expensive to do that on vinyl. I think the CD is the best way to go. Plus, you probably don't have to wait as long to get CDs done as you would vinyl. But yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. So anyways, go on to what you were saying, Julia. 
Hater. <laughs> they could have so done both. No, didn't Guns N' Roses do? Um, well, where's Lonnie? Did we go over an hour and he walked off? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it really it could be done, but I think logistically it becomes a problem. So that's been one of the big complaints that I have seen again on the message board is the color of the blue doesn't match what is right. on the prototypes, which are pre-construction. They're strictly done from a color palette to show you what the product might look like. As mm -hmm. any, anyone who's ever bought anything knows that results may vary in production. And apparently Tom has explained this on the Kiss My Wax group to a post that uh, credited, um, you know, how Kiss can't get anything right, is that he ordered a particular color of pellet and the pressing plant used a different one. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Scrap the of whole course. batch and not sell it? Blue. It's still blue. It still matches up with typical what kiss. is in the cover. Well, it's a typical Kiss fan. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be light blue. As long as it's got some color, it could be bluish purple, uh, like this background that we have here. But whatever, that's a, that's a whole different uh, ball of wax. The chalkies. I went through the box quickly. My favorite stuff in the box is what is strongly recommended and not enough people are actually reading or commenting on yet. And I know it takes time to digest all of it. And also people are still waiting for their orders to arrive. You've got to read the book and you've got to go through that newspaper. There is so much information. It's just absolute gold. You want gold? They gave you gold. They gave you track sheets they gave you real boxes you got dates you got data i mean it's an absolute mine of nuggets buried in there not always in the most digestible format because that newspaper gives everyone the heebie-jeebies because it's so thin and they're like i'm going to ruin it trying to read it well i scan mine um so that i can actually read it because the print's so small i'm sitting there on my computer going trying try to read it and holy crap that to me is the box. I don't need anything else in that box other than the newspaper and the book, because that is what appeals to me. Um, the guitar picks, they're beautiful. Five of them glow in the dark. There are the Chris Hoffman prints, which are beautiful. Great job, Chris. Really, really good job. I'm glad your art's in an official project. My folder, both copies that the um, Chris Hoffman prints and newspaper were housed in came reverse folded. So it's going to be, which one's rare? I think a lot of them did. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's is a misfold. Um, so those are really cool. The, the buttons. The buttons are the biggest loss in this thing because they're so small, they're pointless. Way too small. Um, the badge or the so-on badge, very nice. Um, the recreation press kit is beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Again, great quality. The postcards with Ace uh, and the rest of the band from the Killer Sessions, or it may actually be Elder Sessions at that point, um, look spectacular. The colors are beautiful, is vivid, but everything's printed on nice, you know, stock. The iron-on tea transfer I may actually use because it's really cool, you know. Uh, Ken, yeah, I mean it's 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 all pretty good. Um, you know, like you said, the the buttons were kind of small um the uh you know the the guitar picks i looked at the guitar, you know, guitar picks i said yeah oh okay they're they glow in the dark and and that sort of thing um, i was i was almost thinking that that you know they could have replicated the original garb you know guitar picks from the creatures uh tour but i guess someone would have tried to sell those um but uh 
and then the yeah the iron on i mean and the stickers those are okay the best stuff is you know you got the tour book which you know i have the original tour book but that the replication of that and then the press kit with uh the press photo in there and the the uh promo uh, uh, paperwork in there um yeah and then like you said all those the photos and things like that are, are very very good very cool um and just going on to another thing uh, that mark brought up about the vinyl or the question related to the vinyl they could have done a separate thing. i mean the, the beatles did it uh they have a cd you know the revolver for instance they have a cd version and then they have the vinyl version um and then they you know they could have put so they could have put replications of some of the original stuff that they had like this is uh you know a single creatures of the night and war okay. machine and rock all night you know that's original that nice. i bought back when the album came out i i, I got i got that and they could have done i'm surprised you know they could have done another picture disc right and then this is the thing that i thought it, when mark was talking about something put something small in there well there's a couple of things one one they could have done is that that double track thing of the uh, oh the limited edition autographed the autograph yeah mm. one side kind of thing it's it's double tracked the song of creature of the night and rock and roll night on on this side of the oh yeah yeah and the other all side from, is the, from England. the uh yeah it's very nice i mean it has like autographs you know engraved etched into it and then the one other thing that they could have done is the the old the single of i love it loud this oh, this one here the movable tongue yeah there it is with the with the tongue if you pull this down is it working eh, not not quite working but it it sticks out the, the tongue kind of it's supposed to move the tongue up and down by like moving this thing here so yeah i mean they could have done some other things but and that would have made sense the seven inch i think if you're gonna do that just to keep the cost kind of you know not ridiculous That's i think that that would have made sense the most that makes sense look <laughs> at those eyes there <laughs> oh yeah you can make it go to the, the, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Martin Martin is right. There, there was a cool point of sale item, which is the 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 slip map. Yeah, my store didn't um, have it. I didn't. I still haven't been to a store uh, to buy anything because I'm still yeah, you know, waiting on everything. But I think another criticism: the poster choice is fantastic. Posters are great, but the folds in them, uh, you know, that just kind of hurts because those would look so good framed and signed. Yeah. Yeah, Ken's pulling out. Ken's pulling out all the British oh, big guns. I bought, all these, I bought all this creature stuff right when the album came out. There was an import, store, really, uh, import record store uh, opened at that time, and I remember I go went in there and looked saw all the stuff. I like, whoa, you know, the kid in the candy store at that time. Yeah, yeah. So the, I'll bring up that question again: Is is the mix the 1982 or the 85? Yes, it's the 82. Listen to the mm -hmm. end of the title track. You'll hear all the reverb in the world going on, and that's the easiest way to tell the difference between that and the 85 remix. So yeah, they got it right for this one because, of course, they didn't in 2014. But things do happen. Uh, a lot of A and Bing does take place. So Mark, going back to your two CD, or yeah, that is the two CD version that you've got, yeah. right? Do, yeah. uh, 
what do you think of that? Do you think that does a well a, a good job of summarizing the box set for a deluxe treatment? Absolutely. I think honestly, if you're one of these people who maybe are new to Kiss or unsure about if you want to drop that much money for it, get this first seriously because this has a good example of what you're going to get on a, if you've got buy the more expanded version of it on the deluxe box because everything that we talked about on here is represented in some form here minus the atmos okay uh but the albums here remixed you have the the rarities you have the the, the studio run-throughs you have the live stuff so it's and it's all nicely done there's some nice pictures in here too that come with it as well you know the and it's the, the CDs look nice, you know, how they did how they did it. And the booklet is pretty cool, too. I mean, you, you have, like, the the little recreation of the, the boxes here and stuff like that, right? And so I think it's, it's worth having. Sure, the information that Julian talked about that's in the book, you know, it, it, that's worth getting the box that probably just for that, you know? I mean, that's the one thing that's making me kind of cry right now, not having the boxes. I, I would have loved to be able to read what's on that Gotham newspaper thing, because those are, that's exactly the kind of information that I love reading and I can't because I don't have the box. But, you know, the, the, if you have the money for it, I would recommend to buy the box. But if you don't have it and you want to get a good representation of it, buy this. Also the 3LP, but unless you want to wait, you know, and have your record played in Chicago for about a week or two extra before it gets to you, you might want to wait on the LP. So... Just go out and buy this. Seriously. All right. Final question. And we're going to start with Lonnie on this. Uh, thanks for coming back. I thought I'd bore you to death. Um, <laughs> what is your overall take on this box? You know, from, again, you're still waiting on some stuff to arrive. Right. But does it exceed or match or not match Destroyer? And do you think uh, it, it addresses some of the criticisms for that previous product? I think I think it exceeds Destroyer, in my opinion. Um, they got it right, and the biggest reason why is they got it right with the live show. Um, that was the biggest takeaway. That was the biggest um, flub. I, yeah, biggest flub with, with Destroyer's word I'm looking for. It was, just, it was just the biggest disappointment with Destroyer, is that they could have gotten it right with the they they should have gotten it right with the live show. Kiss is such a, a live band, a live experience. That you you just put something you just threw that out there as as the live disc and with this I think they took their time and they got it right and the way they did it with piecing it together um, to give you basically everything you could possibly want was the right way to do it um, and the demos and outtakes and everything else um, are great on this too I, I think it, it exceed it exceeds my expectations I think the music is is great um from what you guys are saying like the packaging like i haven't gotten mine yet but it sounds like the packaging is, is really good too but you know for us it, it i think for us and for most people that wa are watching too yeah, the packaging is great but at the end of the day it is about the music and that's why we're here and it it i think for from what we're getting they, they basically emptied what what they have and that's what we've been wanting them to do for the longest time um is give us what you have stop sitting on everything and Two years in a row now they've done that um I, I think it's great and you know we'll before long we'll be talking about what's next 
Yeah, absolutely. Just hope hope they do keep doing it. I'm, I'm very appreciative. I'm still digesting this thing, and it's going to take a while. So we're only a week in to living with this product, and a lot of you out there are still waiting for yours. So, you know, it it's a gift that's going to continue to give the more we listen to it. Mark, your, your overall hit miss? Uh, I, I, I like it a lot. I mean, I think it's definitely better than the Destroyer, and it's not just because I don't like Destroyer. I just think that, like Lonnie said, the the big fiasco about the live show on the Destroyer thing really hurt it, I think, uh, because people knew that there was much better versions of a concert available for that, and we didn't get it. This is exactly what we wanted and more, I think. Uh, and it's also a, a, such a great album, you know, to to really try to kind of take a deep dive and it has so much history. We we had the benefit of like the killer stuff and, you know, all these songs and demos that they did in between transitional periods that we got to listen to and stuff. So it's really a good time period too, to put it, to do a box like this as well, which makes you think ahead. Is there another period like that? What other periods do they have that has such a good transitional period? Where What period can they go to next that has, you know, different things that they can mine and, get us to listen to but this box is really good i i was happy that it was done and uh i'm i'm gonna keep my eyes open obviously for a cheaper version of the box because i do want to get the box eventually because it's just worth having after you know julian talked about all the stuff that's on there but it, it's a it's a great great thing much better than destroyer in my opinion yeah and we haven't gone into as much detail about the box, the the physicality of it. Kiss My Wax did their, you know, unboxing video with the designer, Tom German, uh, German, pardon me, um, and, and did an exquisite deep dive into every aspect about that. You know, it, for me, it's 100% a hit. It, it lets me know that there is still a lot that I don't know and we don't know. And things to correct in the timeline and to learn and to also know that they have some of this stuff. I didn't know about those, you know, Penny Lane demos, though it makes sense that they were recording everything at Ace in the Hole. You know, the Penny Lane demos themselves look like they come down from a mix down, come from a mix down reel. So there's still, I guess, the hope that the multi-tracks still exist. Uh, again, hard, hard to tell. There's still lots of questions, but they fixed a lot of the problems that I had with the Destroyer box, mainly the live. And I like this new approach. It's very interesting. It makes it more consumable as a product rather than 10 partial soundboards. Well, Lonnie doesn't want to listen to rock and roll hell <laughs> 19 times, uh, you know, even though there, there isn't that many. But to listen to all of those, this takes the best and condenses it. I think that there'll, there'll be plenty of feedback from others that maybe help guide if they continue to do these projects. But this one is by far um, just absolutely spectacular from start to finish for my for me anyway, and that's ultimately what matters to me. Ken, yeah the the template was there for uh, you know having destro done Destroyer, and they did a pretty good job, and people voiced their you know, disapproval of the, the live Paris thing, um, the buckle, I guess I'll call that. Um, but uh, it, the time was there, and they obviously stuck to it with some, you know, minor changes, and it's going to, I think it is going to evolve a little bit and change a little bit. I'm guessing they're going to keep doing tour books and press kits for upcoming uh, box sets and that sort of thing. But uh, I, I would like them, I mean, they we asked for a video. We got one video. <laughs> 
on the Blu-ray. I, I think they should utilize it. There you go. They finally included video. What are you complaining about? I know, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if they're going uh, to... And, uh, as uh, Jamie Ingram points out, yeah, the glow-in-the-dark eyes on the LP. Oh, yeah. The material, uh, yeah, on the, I think the vinyl that has glow-in-the-dark eyes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to check, checking that out in the dark. But uh, as for uh, the other... Uh, video that they could have done I, i'm hoping that they will do that in the future add more video you know concert uh, you know could have done the rio whatever thing you know creatures do it separate that, the the brazil or whatever you want to do it separate still you know, waiting for cosology for you you're no, you, actually you waiting got, for that still. Off the like sound, we're waiting for our device soundboard <laughs> off the soundboard going with the audio why not I'm coming at the same time just have separate video i keep only. hearing this Okay, yeah, well, maybe they're saving it for a great box set that will have all the video that there's possibly out there. I'll wait. We'll see what happens with that. But anyway, so yeah, like I said, the template's there. It's good. I think it's you know pretty even with Destroyer Box. I'm just, you know, I'm looking forward to them to, uh, you know, do more. Do more. You know, keep, keep, keep it going. All right. Well, those are words of wisdom from the voice of reason. Keep it going and do more. <laughs> sounds going. like sounds like what we all want in life. Get back to more. Work. More, more. All <laughs> more, right. More. So that that's our review of the music on, you know, Creature of the Night. Hopefully, if you're waiting for yours, it arrives soon. But for mm -hmm. now, from Lonnie, Mark, Ken and myself, thanks for joining us and listening to our opinions on the box. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.